Wait, for real? Say okay! Shazam? What is happening? You're the only person I know that knows anything about this Kate Crusader stuff. Can I? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, right? What are your superpowers? Superpowers, dude? I don't even know how to pee in this thing. AM to the BM, BM to the AM. You have super strength. You just Can you fly? If I quit your BM, I still rock with safe. If I quit this season, I still be with You okay? Why are you talking? BM. Alright, hello everybody, welcome to DC on RMD Presents slash Critique Revolve. Yes, it's a combo show, it's probably the best way to describe this review. And I am Michael Flores, your host, and I'm in the studio today with Bobby and Paul. Hello guys. Hey. Alright, so today we're going to be reviewing DC's latest venture, Shazam! Thanks to the folks over at Fandango for providing us with an early access pass. This film, let me just start by saying this film was a big question mark for a lot of people, including me. I mean, firstly, we all know how Warner Brothers is like a kid many times grabbing their ball and going home whenever a film isn't received how they would like. DCU is in a complete disarray. No one knows really anything. It's just kind of a guessing game at this point for much of the fans. And we go into every movie not really knowing if we're ever going to see a continuation of this movie. Because if it doesn't perform well, what's going to happen? They're not going to do it. They're going to change their game plan yet again. But the consensus moving forward is that Shazam is going to essentially replace Superman for the time being. Being the, the OP character of the DCU. And as I said, going into this film, not really sure what to expect. I've never been a big fan of Zachary Levi. I was curious, or I should say intrigued, that he was cast in this role. But for me, for many years, Zachary Levi was that annoying guy in Chuck that never would commit and get the girl. I was like, dude, just say you love her and move on. <laughs> Case closed. So because of that, never a big fan of Zachary Levi. However, I'll say this. After seeing this, he did win me over. The guy has charisma for days. He has screen presence. He has the ability to be serious and be comic relief. And I think essentially they made a good choice by casting Zachary Levi in that title role for Shazam. I've never even seen Chuck, which is apparently where a lot of people's love for this dude comes from. The only reason I'm even aware of him is because he always does these really good like outside shows during San Diego Comic-Con that yes. I can never get tickets for. What's a nerd HQ, right? Yeah. Yes. He does great hosting jobs. He, he has found his, his knack, I guess, but yeah, not, not a big fan of his earlier work, but this film probably might change my mind. I might give him a chance moving forward. Cause he was one of the highlights for me for this film um, Bob, what were your expectations moving into this screening as well as your brief initial thoughts? Uh, my expectations for this movie was big was one of my favorite movies growing up. Uh, that old Tom Hanks movie where he goes to the Zoltar machine and grows up and to be a, a, a grown man forever. And touches boobies. Uh, that, that's honestly my favorite scene in the movie when he slaps the tit for because, the first time. Because we would all do that. Uh, so. Every single one of us. <laughs> Um, what I expected was that 
in a superhero form minus the tit slap. So I really wanted Shazam to be big superhero style. Yeah. And that's what I got. Now, after I got that, unlike big, I probably won't want to see this again. This is a one-time viewing for me. Okay. And why? Because you, because you said you liked it. I like it, but it's still not rewatchable. A lot of the jokes, a lot of like the jump scares, a lot of the things that they do are cool the first time around. When you know they're coming, it's just like uh, you ever hang out with that friend that tells that same joke over and over again, and then you see him tell it to a new group of people and they laugh, but it's the 15th time you heard it, and you're like, that's fucking old already? Yeah. That could be Shazam. Okay, do you feel like you got the movie you were expecting? I got the movie that I was expecting, and again, it's a a worth the watch. Um, It's worth the money to, to pay for it, but... Again, it's it's not going to be life-changing. It's nothing that I kind of need to see again. And you don't really want DC taking all their films down this direction. Even though it worked for this movie, you don't want this to be the new template. No, um, I prefer the darker side of things when it comes to DC. Yeah. Um, and again, the, the joke thing is cool every once in a while, but it, it's definitely not the, the format or the formula I want them to go forward with. Okay. All right, so Paul, what were your expectations for this film, and what were your brief thoughts? Um, I, I I like Shazam as a character. I like that he is just other Superman. I mean, he's his powers are based on what one of the things Superman is weak against. So, like technically, if the two of them fought for no reason, Shazam might win because um, Superman's super weak to just magic, yeah. magic and kryptonite. Um, but so you know, character's cool. Um, that being said, if not for this free review screening, yeah, I di- I didn't anticipate seeing it. I was I wasn't going to pay money for it. I was going to wait until somebody I knew bought it or rented it on Blu-ray and watch it in like six months. I still haven't seen Aquaman because I don't know. I'm a bad person. I just don't care. And that's weird coming from you because you're a big big DC guy, right? And they have they have ruined their own universe enough to make me like not care about yeah. a lot of things. And so. that goes right back. Hey, you know what? If one movie fails, it just kind of all falls apart. And that's essentially what happened with, with the DCU. I mean, and- I feel like they could have kept it going if they just didn't cry and, and run home yeah. with their little bruised egos. They could have pressed forward and made the DCU work because let's be honest, the reason why Marvel's doing so well is because everyone thinks it's going to be a part of the big story. In fact, mm-hmm. that's the biggest reason why, based on box office analysis, you, that's the you biggest can't risk it. If a movie comes out, you have to see it. Yes. And that's that is Marvel that yeah. is Marvel's whole plan. And that's the biggest reason why people went to go see Captain Marvel. Most people thought going in it was going to be connected to the bigger story. And when people walked out, there were people that were disappointed that it wasn't as heavily connected as they had wanted. So that's the downfall of having a connected universe. But the box office dollars is the the benefit of having mm-hmm. that connected universe because you're going to go no matter what. Well, And like they, you know, no spoilers, but there are simple references to other c- characters in the DC universe in this movie. But like yeah. they also like, I don't know, they're almost like swept under the rug because we know as an audience that they don't exist anymore yeah well essentially they became fodder for jokes that's what a lot of the references amounted to in this film yeah sure superman was referenced batman was referenced but they were used as a way to tell a joke to be funny and i and that's probably why they left a lot of that in because Mm -hmm. as 
people know that saw Aquaman, Aquaman was not heavily connected to anything we've seen in the past. They did a very brief mention of Steppenwolf and how Aquaman defeated him. And that was it. Everything else was pretty much it pretty much felt like they were trying to forget anything happened as and as an audience. Unfortunately, we know that's actually the sad reality of it is that D.C. is essentially starting over and their core players moving forward is Shazam, Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Those are the three that that we've seen and that they're going to be as of now moving forward. And of course, they have a few other things planned. And we probably won't actively see those three characters together in one movie or one setting like at any point. I don't, yeah. I don't think there are plans for that to happen right now. Um, yeah. But all of that being said, um, I did enjoy the movie almost like disappointingly. So <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was so ready to hate this. Had, had I paid for it, I wouldn't be upset. I mean, I might dig through it again in a couple months to like look for Easter eggs or whatever. But otherwise I, I have no reason to ever rewatch it. Yeah. It seems like we're all on the same page about that because while I was watching the movie, I too was feeling conflicted because I did enjoy the movie. I laughed. There were parts that I laughed really hard, but I don't go see DC movies to laugh. Maybe a few chuckles here and there. I'm not, I don't want some, indie film that's going to make us cry the whole entire film but dc is very different than what marvel is doing and shazam feels like a carbon copy of a marvel template there there were a lot of scenes where like they didn't have to overdo it but there were a lot of scenes where i think blood would have been appropriate and there was none and that's where i get conflicted because being a dc fan i'm drawn to the more darker side of things and i will say that there is heavy mythology that they use as a foundation and i was hoping we went into that a bit more but they obviously wanted to focus on the feel good more than anything else and that being said yes the film was enjoyable and i feel that most audiences who do decide to go will walk out of the theater smiling and pleased that they went to go see the movie the writing was solid it was nothing cutting as long as you weren't an adopted kid I know, I know, right? I mean, <laughs> it was, it, there were some scenes that had a lot of heart, and that's what I was getting to. It, it was fun, it was exciting, it, it felt good, it had a lot of heart. More importantly for me, it did feel like a superhero film. This is something I talk about a lot in my reviews. I feel like there's a running away of the superhero feel. Rather than saving people, we are thrown into these epic scenarios where the people they're saving are faceless and you lose something to the superhero genre when you're not actually saving people and you see people going that classic Superman scene where he flies to the tree and saves the old lady's cat. I'm exaggerating, but those classic scenes that we're used to seeing in those older comic books and the, the superhero films of old, whereas this movie does manage to capture the, the true superhero spirit in the way that it's about, it is about saving people. I mean, how many people did they save in this movie? And those people had faces. And I felt for this particular yeah, movie, yeah. it worked for this particular movie. The, uh, yeah, yeah. The dad and the daughter and the tiger. And that was, that was a good little scene. Yeah, it was good. And I'm glad we get those. I mean, we even had those moments in Wonder Woman. And that was one of the things I really liked about that film. Patty Jenkins, the director, number one is amazing as a director, 
She said specifically that she wanted to bring back the superhero heart to the superhero genre because she says, I'm looking at these movies that are being made and they're void of the superhero heart. And they did manage to capture that yet again with this movie. As I said about the writing, it, it, it was solid, nothing cutting edge, but it did follow a very basic formula. They had the basic inciting incident that's used to establish both villain and hero as young children. And for those that are into writing and really pay attention to those types of things, the strength of this film was that, was the story at its core. As I said, a lot of heart. And essentially, you get a story about two boys who are alone and lost in the world. One embraces the dark, one embraces the goodness. Very simple, but it worked for getting this new potential franchise of a series going. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And I got really giddy because the seven sins, which were essentially the villains. That's not a spoiler, I guess. They're essentially the villains that motivate one of our children to be bad, to be to be dark, to embrace the darkness. They are ripped from DC lore. I mean, they look the part. They the, the, the way they're designed, the, just perfect. The the big guy with the wings looked like the. Uh, every time I saw him, I just thought of that. Like uh, I don't even I don't know what the hell it's called, but the like the super version of Swamp Thing where he has yes, wings. Yes, it just looks so cool. Yeah, they did a great job with that stuff. And Shazam, honestly, I know the comic books also lighthearted, but Shazam is one of the best characters that DC or Warner brothers could use moving forward to really just knock open that door to bring in these types of elements into the world. And, you know, DC's always racking their, or Warner brothers always racking their heads to say, well, what can we do to be different from the competition? Marvel. Well, this is one right here. This is what you can do. Embrace these types of elements Mm -hmm. and Marvel will never come close to you. As as far as the character origins and you know the wizard and, and the staff and all of that, it I mean it it is real hokey. Like you can't you yeah. can't really. But I I feel like they almost took a page out of like Doom Patrol, throwing in like well timed jokes, making fun of themselves while doing that yeah. stuff that you can't avoid because it is the origin. This does need to they need to touch on this, but it is goofy. So if they make you laugh because of a joke instead of making you laugh just because it sounds stupid you're you're still involved and you're still enjoying it instead of like rolling your eyes and waiting for the scene to end yeah and that's probably another reason why this film will be probably reviewed favorably i haven't had the opportunity to read a lot of reviews as of yet uh but i have a feeling this film is going to be reviewed for the most part favorably with a lot of people because of what they managed to do and the fact that you can't really insult a show it's 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 uh, armor. It's writing armor. It's directing armor. When you make a, a film like this, when you make fun of yourself, you do it before anybody else can. And it did work for this specific movie because of the whole idea of who Shazam is and essentially being, you know, a superhero version of big. It all worked to make this film be exactly what they we're trying to do and that's i think bottom line again this may not be 100 percent my cup of tea but they accomplished exactly what they sought out to do 
And that to me signals a success. This is the movie they wanted to make where you can point to other films where you have the marketing machine saying, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be, this It's going to be that. And then you go see it and you're like, wait, what? I didn't get any of what you were saying, but this film was marketed a specific way. And that's exactly what we received. And they didn't try to hide that in some previews to think that you were just going to follow around some superhero. You saw them do stupid shit. And it was enjoyable. Again, you could relate to it. And it it just worked out. Uh, But you're right. It's not going to be everybody's kind of cup of tea. But I don't see people going into it walking out of there disappointed. No, but we are going to get some, you know, hardcore Batman fanboys now what we're gonna get is hardcore marvel people going look dc fucking sucks again you really think that you think marvel fans will still hate on this even though it's essentially a marvel movie instantly like i can probably go find 17 people that i can tell you will talk shit about this right now like without a doubt just people that run their mouth all the time they're just ready to start complaining about anything anything dc yeah now, when it comes to the writing, the, the we briefly skimmed over that, but I want to talk about the people who actually wrote this film, and I'm very, uh, I'm puzzled by the people they brought in to write this, and you corrected me. I said a bunch of talentless people wrote and directed <laughs> this movie, and you're like, well, okay, proven talent, Mike, and I said, yes, that's that's fair, because the people they brought on literally have never done anything remotely like this in terms of scale. You have Darren Lemke, who wrote this along with Henry Gaiden, and under their belt are these films, okay? Oh, no. Turbo? No. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that silence means uh, that's it. No, Turbo, Goosebumps, Shrek Forever After, and Jack the Giant Slayer. Oh, God, the worst Shrek. Spider-Man and Echo to Earth. Spider-Man 3, and then Echo oh, to Earth. Spider-Man. Yes, and so what does he have in common? Bad movies and children films. And some of them are bad children films. He, yeah. Jack the Giant Slayer was, a, was one of the worst movies I've ever watched. It's really bad. And Spider-Man 3, not a fan of at all. You don't like Topher Grace? No, not a fan at all. And the director, even more peculiar, <laughs> the guy's done nothing. The director literally wrote nothing has directed nothing except for short films, about a dozen or so short films. And Annabelle, the, that horror flick. Oh, he did do that. So it explains okay. why the Jabberwockies look so scary. Okay, well, so maybe that was... I'm going to keep calling them Jabberwockies. That hey, makes sense. It works. So that actually is... That worked. And that's probably why they brought him in, to give us that... Take the script that was written by writers that typically... hey man do you want to put some real scary stuff in this otherwise kids movie and that's probably a good combo maybe that's what they did hey kid writers and we're gonna give you guys a horror director to deliver and turn this into something a little more darker than what was actually written on page but ultimately it it did work it it does feel like we're complaining a bit but as we all said at the top of the show it it worked it did work for what they were trying to do. I don't know if I want DC to do this repeatedly, and that's a fear that I have because this it's. I have a feeling this is going to be successful at the box office, and Warner Brothers is going to be very happy with this performance. And if that happens, we all know how Warner Brothers 
does things. I have a, a, a very strange feeling and a bit scary that, or it's a bit scary that, that they may continue to do these types of movies completely lighthearted. In fact, well, at least we can say that like Wonder Woman 84 is already in the can. Right. Like it's done or it's a piece of shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hope it's not. However, have you heard what they've said about that? It's very hard to pin how it down is any not a sequel. It's not a sequel. And it's a it's a reboot. Well, no, they, they have. Have you heard the word? reboot? I, I heard that it's essentially not a sequel and they're going to be forgetting everything that happened. I don't well, understand okay, how so, you can do that. So what what I read or saw or whatever was that it is, um, you know, they're not taking away anything that happened. It just isn't a direct follow up to that. So because like it's what they're doing later. Yeah. So they're saying it's not a sequel. But like if there was a movie and then this movie takes place after that movie, it's a fucking sequel. So, yeah, that's the uh, that's how that's how sequels work. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. If well, it comes after another one. Yeah, and that's the thing is. Uh, you know, I think the only movie that would kind of fit into like this, like uh, template that would make sense, mm-hmm. and that's supposed to come out is Flash, because he's kind of that'll a, never happen. You don't think he'll be an arrogant smart? No, ass? I don't think that movie will ever happen. Oh, you think it's gonna? <laughs> I don't think it's real anymore because they keep rewriting it and everything else. So I don't. I don't I even. Mean, the, uh, the original Ezra Miller's gonna be 107 so years cool. old by the time it actually comes. Yeah, out. Yeah, they're, they're absolutely gonna recast him if that movie ever happens. Okay, because the last thing I read that was that he was writing it. Because that's what you want. I mean, to do. yeah, you can you can do anything. I can write one, but doesn't mean doesn't. Should we do <laughs> a press release it? for you, Mike? Can we get a press release? Paul's writing the flash. I will be writing the cyborg <laughs> movie. Actually, <laughs> well, it's going to star Batman. Cyborg won't be in it. Paul's joking, but he has the same shot as the actor that uh, plays the Flash. What's his name? Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. I mean, the dude was not hired to write the movie. He just took it upon himself to contact grant morrison and now him and grant morrison together are writing a script that warner brothers that doesn't want will get used well the directors are now fighting with him saying no we're writing this and there's a bunch of behind the scenes disgruntlement now and the reason why ezra miller did this was from what i was reading and again it's very hard to say any of this is fact because we already know that every day there's a new rumor when it comes to the dcu mm-hmm. but the latest thing i read was that his uh, contract is running out ezra miller and he, and, and he doesn't want to be a Ben Affleck or a Henry Cavill. Right. He wants this movie to get made. So he took it upon himself to start writing something. And he had a pitch meeting with Warner Brothers. And his script is supposed to be very dark. It's supposed to be a very dark take. And everyone's just saying, well, that's not what DC wants to do anymore. So, right. I mean, good luck. Better next, you know, better, better luck next time. So who knows? Now, visual effects were good. On in this film, for the most part, there's a few things that made me kind of feel it felt off. There was depth issues with some of the flying, and they did switch mm-hmm. to a different visual effects house this time around. Whereas the DCU, for the most part, has had the Zack Snyder funk on it. And when I say funk, that's a good thing. It had his look, it was the world he was building. And this, I would say, is the first movie post Zack Snyder. That has a very different look it, in terms of everything, in terms of visual effects, in terms of color grading, in terms of cinematography, in terms of action, how it's captured. It's very noticeably different than any DC movie we have watched yet. And the visual effects house that did these effects is called Rise, 
visual effects studio, correct, Bob? Yes, it is. What else have they done? Uh, what else have they done? <laughs> they have done Avengers Endgame, Hellboy, Dumbo, Captain Marvel, more Marvel movies like Ant-Man, <laughs> the Avengers, Infinity War, Black Panther, uh, more Marvel movies like Civil War. Um, should I continue? Have they done any DC movies? Um, uh, no. How about D- DC TV shows? Anything? Um, no. Yeah. Does the Fate and the Furious count? It does, yeah, because The Rock is in that, and he will eventually be Black Adam. There we go. Son of a bitch. Seven so degree, that's, seven that's why they kept Kevin him. Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they got this studio. And the visual effects, like I said, were not poor, but they were not as good as previous DC films. And like I said, there were some issues with the flying that just didn't even look right. There were moments where Zachary Levi was hovering you know, kind of lowering himself, coming to the ground next to his kid friend. And it didn't even look like they were in the same camera shot together. It looked so jarring. Many of the flight sequences felt like there was no depth to it, like real depth. It didn't align right. There was also scaling issues with the with the with a lot of the buildings and the background objects while they're flying. Throw, it, thrown it way back, did uh, with Batman, Superman, or even Man of Steel, did you notice any of that kind of stuff? No, because I I, I looked for it because I, I love visual effects. I'm a visual effects guy, and uh, I love Snyder's effects. A lot of people give it shit for being, you know, CGI, but, but we're dealing with superhero films. These are larger-than-life characters. These are the types of movies that you do have amazing visual effects. Mm-hmm. So I was a big fan of the Snyder look and what he did. And this movie just in some ways when it comes to the visual effects is very subpar. There were great moments with the villains, the deadly, the, the, the seven um, deadly sins. Mm-hmm. They looked great. They looked fantastic. The way they dematerialized and yeah. then re- and then rebuilt themselves. In fact, there was a scene uh, where one character dies. No spoiler here where he dies and his face just crumbles and falls apart into pieces i mean it looked like it was real actually doubling down on the noise no spoilers because you said he there is also a (laughs) she scene with that and it it was just the the way they fall apart it it was good yeah well you know they have no experience at that um visual effects studio with flying you know they only did (laughs) x-men first class iron man 3 um, and if you really want to go with it, they worked with Henry Cavill and a man from uncle. It's weird. It's <laughs> very, really I, you'd think he would have told them Guardians all of, the of Zack Snyder's techniques. <laughs> did you guys have any, did you notice any problems? Maybe you guys weren't watching it like I was, but did you notice any odd there was some, depth issues? There was oh, for some, sure in the mall. Okay. Yes, the mall flying scene. Where, and like other things, but specifically that one jumps right out. Uh, and then when he got in the, the sky for the very first time. Like the clouds and everything weren't, it just looked odd. It looked like a guy just flying in front of a screen as they're rolling them along on a cart. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe it's not as, maybe it's not as, as bad as maybe I'm thinking it is. Maybe I'm just used to seeing these DC films look slightly different, but I'm, I'm flabbergasted that you can look at the man of steel from 2013. I just watched the movie three months ago and it still holds up the visual effects and they have all the scaling down pack. The depth looks great. But then flash forward to 2019 and they're having these issues in the same franchise. It's bizarre. Sometimes you just need to stick with what you've been doing because it works. Why change visual effects houses from a studio that is creating essentially a world that, yeah, you're not, it's not directly connected, but it is in the same world. So 
any other issues you guys might have had when it comes to visual effects? Uh, no, I mean, honestly, I was impressed, impressed by the Shazam, you know, the actual Shazam. Oh, the, you know, the, go, the, going from the action, the yes, happening of hero it. to a uh, kid. Hero and, to zero, just like that. Yeah, just with one word. I will say that whenever that happened, I got a little giddy. I think the kid in me was like, fuck, I wish I could Shazam Just in that high school. Easy? You know, like back in high school, I think all of us, even the, the, the so-called cool guys in high school, everyone was awkward in and, school. I don't think there's a person alive that isn't watching this movie and immediately is thrown back to high school or junior high and thinks, fuck, I wish I could say Shazam and be a badass. <laughs> and it does capture that. that. That's part of the whole feel good thing. But yeah, that does work. Yeah, the, I, I really like them using it like I mean, uh, like he does in fights against people and to like get out of situations like it was it was cool. And I think well done well, because I think we could, could you do that in justice and in injustice the game. Um, where, I, I think it was like his finisher where you could just to you the like, little kid and just yeah. right back. Yeah, you, I, you used it as an attack. It's yeah. basically just the lightning bolt hit the opponent okay. because they were in proximity to you. Um things i think stupid stuff but like things that i did not love were um like villain was fine but like any heroic figure uh just just costumes man um very bright very mighty well, no I think, Power Rangers. It, I think it's the overstuffed couch <laughs> well, like that but the they were just cheesy in general yeah like the the designs and the, the comic book the isn't glowing, like that right I mean, it isn't not like that. They just didn't need to, like, I don't know, perfectly emulate something that looks goofy if you perfectly emulate it. Yeah. And, like, especially the wizard. Like, I couldn't, I could not look at him for longer than he was in the movie because it's just hard to take him serious. The yeah. way he looks and the way he was speaking, <laughs> just like, yeah, get this guy off the screen. Yeah. Let's move the story forward. Which is sad because typically that guy is a really good actor. Jaman, I yeah. You what say other movies name. has he been in? Were any Marvel? No, no more. Oh wait, um, no, he was only in the other Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel yeah. that was released three weeks ago. <laughs> that guy should be. He is. This is you know, isn't this treasonous behavior going from Marvel to DC like that? No, because he they were they were probably got confused with his contract and thought it was the same movie because <laughs> you're both Captain Marvel. <laughs> we hired a black guy to be in Captain Marvel. Oh, oh. we did too. <laughs> they sent him both contracts. <laughs> They did it for the, the hair and makeup test, and they didn't realize it was actually somebody completely different. Fucking, it was Dave Chappelle originally. Wait, that wasn't Marvel. just a wizard? <laughs> <laughs> well, acting overall also was very, really strong for me. That's definitely a strength in this film. Forgetting Zachary Levi for a second, I felt like every single person on screen, except maybe Jamon, he, he was good, but yes, there was some oddness when it comes to his character's just wardrobe. just beard to fall off. Yeah, but, you know, Michelle Borth, Mark Strong, Jack Gillen Grazer, Megan Good, Asher Angel, Adam Brody, Martin Millens, Cooper Andrew, Ross Butler, all these actors managed to deliver something different. They all played their parts relatively small because it was... Yeah, I, 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 I'm just because I'm going to start talking now. Yeah, go ahead. I feel like several of those characters are spoilers. So, uh, oh, yeah. No, we won't get into that. Well, that was a spoiler by saying that. What are you going to do? Look, <laughs> look them up because you said the names like then you're looking for it yourself. Yeah, you, we'll, you did that to yourself. We will get into spoilers later, but I'm not going to get into what they did. But the performances were all good, which is something I always look for in a film, because believe it or not, 
you would think that casting directors would be on their A game for big films all the time. And yet continually you get these movies, these big budget films, and they cast individuals who just don't have screen presence or charisma. And that's something that I feel was vital for this type of movie. Every actor that was cast had to have a certain amount of charisma because that's that type of movie. They have to win you over with witty banter or cleverness especially with more than half the cast being kids yeah that you know probably got 75 percent of the screen time yeah mm-hmm. for and, sure and that's where you go horribly wrong and they didn't that the kids all were unique in how they acted and held their own on the screen with you know the big time hollywood actors so i would agree with that because that's usually a sign there a red flag when a movie is filled with kids I think a lot of us get annoyed with those annoying kids where you're like, oh, my God, you're annoying. Just shut your mouth. And there's a rule that you learn when you're getting to the film business. There's two things that they tell you not to do. Never work with animals and don't work with kids because they are very difficult to work with. And yet they were able to make it work across the entire film. Every kid was good. There wasn't any annoying kids except for the bully kids. You but know, yeah, but you're are. supposed to hate them. Yeah. Which I still... I don't understand these bully kids. They always throw into into these films. And I think you and I have have actually talked about this, Bob. Have you ever come across people like that in real life? Like, you know, those classic bullies that you always see in these superhero films that are bullying kids, throwing them in lockers and spitting on them and putting them in the trash can. from Power Rangers. Yeah, they were real. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking hilarious. In real life. Do these people actually Power Rangers is real. Is it? Yes. Uh, um, uh, why don't you go bu- find Jason David Frank and ask him? Yeah, he knows kung fu. Um, there were kids like that at my school. Really? Yeah. See, those kids always got. There were those kids, but they always got beat down. Well, that's that 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 was going to be my like thing. It usually got to the point where somebody stood up for themselves, or you figured out somebody's dad put them in taekwondo when they were four, and they've been fighting ever since, and then they get kicked in the head, and you're just like, oh, fuck, and then nobody's scared of them anymore. Yeah, so great acting, good job all the way around. Anything you guys want to add before we go to a quick break and get into spoilers? Um, I'm just... I, I liked I liked a lot of the kids the uh, at least the ones who had lines the, uh, the little Asian boy was the youngest son from fresh off the boat yeah. love that kid um, and then the little little crippled pal was the kid from it and from Bobby Moynihan's me myself and I and like I love I love that kid in both of those things so, so that kid has a bright future he was in it he's in Shazam he's uh, in some big fucking films and he's good. He was probably my favorite part in the movie. What was his, what was the name of his character? Freddie? Yeah. Yeah. Jack Dylan Grazer, right? That's his real name. Mm-hmm. Dude, that kid probably was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, I'll end up a serial killer because of three names. Oh. That's, that's not true always? Sometimes. Oh. Um, no, no. If, uh, you know, bottom line it is it is worth to see if you guys have a couple hours to kill. You're probably not going to be disappointed with this movie, but I wouldn't expect you know, anything life changing to come out of it or you to be running out as huge Shazam fans. Oh, I love it. Let me read all the comic books. Yeah, it's not. You're right, Bob. It's not that that type of movie. And I will I will back you up on that. Solid movie. It's a good time. You're not going to walk out of that theater being angry. You will feel like you got your money's worth. But yeah, it it doesn't have high rewatchability. I feel like the jokes, just like you said, Bob, the jokes 
I think will only play good once. And then after that, it's like, oh, okay, I've already seen it. Yeah, because they won't be as shocking the second time around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Paul? Final thoughts before we move into spoilers. Um, Yeah, basically same, same as Bob. I do not regret seeing it. I would have willingly paid to see it once if I couldn't have seen it for free. But I had to see it for free to learn that. <laughs> Such a puzzle. Such an enigma. All right, we're going to go to a very quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to jump into spoilers. So if you don't want to hear spoilers... Push stop now. After you like, follow, and subscribe to our feed. Yeah. BC on RMD. Or Critique Revolve. What are you looking at, nerd? Huh? I thought I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. <laughs> Geek out Saturdays. And then, like, ants eat your remains. Like, <laughs> those books got real dark. <laughs> For kids, Banders or like one of them, like you get I mean, the, the, the fact that Marvel's free. been doing it for ten years doesn't mean so, it's easy. Hold on, though. Take Marvel out of the equation and forget okay. that they don't even exist. Television has been doing this for decades. <laughs> and I stumbled upon it while I was hunting alligators, and this guy starts whistling at you. He beckons you. So I thought it was a mission, like a side mission. So I went, and then I realized what it was when it was too late. I walked in, the guy starts and that's how they go out. Like, because the the rebirth, when they ditched the new 52, because the new 52, they weren't always on the best of terms, they're back together, or, you know, they end up getting back together because they feel something they don't know. They just feel like the universe is pulling them together. Catch up on your favorite Rain Man digital geek shows every Saturday. DC on CW, Back to Tank, Weird West Radio, The Crossroads, and more. Geek Out Saturday on Rain Man Channel 001. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. <laughs> exactly. See, Tony, see, in your Thomas, mouth. Thomas, you were on the right track. Thank you. Because that's the first thing I thought. This is a story worthy of Andrew. How who else? Fuck. Who else pees in their mouth in the oh shower? Oh, my God. So here's what happened. I just got off of a, a, a super long, like, 13-hour work right. right? Running off of, like, three hours of sleep. Wake up, get in the shower. Skipping some time, I just let go in the shower. Right? Pee in the shower. Who, no hasn't, who right. hasn't? Right. Animals? As a, this is happening. You guys, wait, hold on. Let's, let's tackle this first. <laughs> You guys pee in the shower? I've yeah. done it every now and then. Who doesn't pee in the shower? Uh, wow. You're not supposed to. Kate, thank you, Raina. Thank you. <laughs> Finally. Don't let Raina fool you. Raina pees in the shower. <laughs> that was one time, and you said you wouldn't tell. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Oh, I want those ones. I want those ones. I'm like, but what about me? (laughs) What about me? I'm like, never mind. I have a 10 year old. I'm going to buy all the shoes for myself. I must have. I'm going to wear the Ray boots. I don't care if they're for female. (laughs) I know. Some of the the stuff even for the females actually is like, like, I'm like, excuse me, Pozu, but do you have any non-gender specific Ray boots? I'd really like that, please. I'd really like that, please. Non-gender. That's the new thing today. I want to wear those Ray boots. <laughs> we have Twi'leks dancing right now. <laughs> and some sexy Ewoks. We don't discriminate. Don't discriminate. Hey, makes it easier to carry them. If you would bone an Ewok, would you bone a Bantha then? I mean, if there's no difference, right? 
Nah, Ewoks are a little bit more fluffier. And more intelligent, I guess, right? Is there yeah. an intelligence factor there? Because no. when does it become pansexuality and then bestiality? Where's the fine line there, David? <laughs> I must know this. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to fucking Ewok, but then frowned upon to fuck a Bamba. <laughs> <laughs> on RMD slash Critique Revolve review and discussion of Shazam. All right, so this is the spoiler section. If you're still listening, that's all the warning you're going to get. All right. Yeah, we're going to talk about some shit. Yes. Paul, take us away with your specific items of interest that you want to talk about in terms of spoilers. I can't believe they killed Shazam in the first movie. Oh, what? So weird. Unbelievable! But he'll come back the next movie after Batman realizes he made a mistake. Well, and, and Flash runs backwards. Yeah, yeah. Assemble and then the I, I can't believe Wonder Woman got naked in this film. That's, I that was pretty surprising. That. Twice. Yeah, very surprising. And also, I'm very surprised that there was a seven year old that was very hot. That's also <laughs> <Yeah>. very disturbing. <laughs> That's a joke because uh-huh. they, I'm I'm okay. glad you made the joke before I could. I guess this is my spoiler, right? Okay, so. There's an awkward moment for me where one of you the you became sexually attracted to a seven year old. Unfortunately, I mean, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Paul. Um, all right. So there's a scene. OK, so the, the whole thing with Shazam is you say Shazam <laughs> and he what? and he goes from being a kid to an adult where how, how much how much explanation is your pedophilia going to require? Stop. <laughs> At the end of the movie, Shazam, the main Shazam, Zachary (laughs) Levi's character, realizes that he can also share his power with other people, which means his young kid friends now become superheroes and they transform to adults. His foster siblings. I don't don't know why you went with young kid friends. Yeah, his his, his foster siblings. All right. So there's a seven-year-old who's a part of the group and... uh, she transforms when she says Shazam to a really hot black chick. So that's not my fault. They did it. If you want to blame somebody. Will that hold up in a court of law? Yes. It's the director's fault. Who is this skeevy motherfucker? What's his name? <laughs> Who's this director? <laughs> it's all his fault. for putting these type of thoughts in my head. But I did feel guilty. And there was a moment where I was going to look at you, Bob, and say, damn, she's hot. And I stopped because 30 seconds before, she, she was seven. <laughs> <laughs> so I just stopped. But then I couldn't help myself at the end of the movie. I just looked at Bob like, damn, that, that black chick was hot. <laughs> and the first thing you said was the seven year old. I was like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> All right. So Bob, uh, Paul, let's start with you. Spoilers. Um, I mean, I, more, more Easter eggs and references, I think for me, but mm-hmm. uh, jumping right into that. Um, I, I mean, you, you and I are talking about metal lately yeah. on, uh, on Wayne talk. There, there we go. Shameless plug. Um, so they bring up the Rock of Eternity. And that was kind of cool because that is, you know, in just general kind of DC, um, that's like the center of the multiverse. And 
Yeah, that was cool. I don't I don't necessarily know that the, you know, the 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 Shazam cavern or whatever you want to call that is a the lair. <laughs> Yeah, the lair. Um I don't know that that is the center of the multiverse, but there is a part where they are running around in it and they find a room with a bunch of doors and all the doors are just a bunch of like kind of unexplained nonsense, yeah. but I would buy into those being um multiverses. Well, uh, yeah, other other universes yeah. like gateways to th- so I appreciated that. That was cool. Um, the little the little worm guy, uh, I did not know at all, so I looked him up. Okay, so at the um, end of the movie, there was in the, in the post credit sequence, there's a worm well, or snail. So when when they're running around and and they pass the room with all the doors and all that stuff, around that time, you see the cage that the worm was in. Oh, because he's he's been there the whole time. The first scene in there, you see him I, at the beginning of the that's movie. Right? Okay, I didn't even um, make that connection. Okay, but it's broken and he's not in there anymore. It whatever little yeah. worm, it's not in there. Um. So yes, then the post credit scene involves that little worm. My uh, wife says that a lot. The little worm's not in there. Yeah, the little yeah. Is he? Yeah. Is he? That's what she uh, says to me. Yeah, you have to ask <laughs> so, her for confirmation. But yeah. so the little worm is uh, called Mister Mind. If uh, if you want to take that okay. name for uh, for yourself, um, <laughs> but it is. I mean, it literally is just a super like telepathic um, mind projection almost just because another thing that we've been talking about recently with the doom patrol, um, almost like Mr. No, uh, yeah, Mr. Nobody. Okay. Just like kind of that set of powers. And it usually uh. forms a, another individual or a team of other individuals around itself to accomplish whatever it wants to. So, so baddie, he's a bad guy. Yeah. Okay. Kind of, kind of like a, a Starro or something sort of character that like it looks like a joke and is nothing by themselves, but you throw anybody else in with them and suddenly you've got a formidable opponent. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Um, I knew you would know because I looked at Bob at the end of the movie and asked him if he knew what that was and he didn't. And I said, Paul's going to know. And of course you did. You came through. I came, I came through. Yeah. I looked it up. <laughs> oh, no, but you also, you had thoughts already in theories. I had no thoughts and theories on what it could be at all. So at least you had a theory. You answered the, my question when we were in the theater. So you, ha- you already had some ideas of mm-hmm. what it could be. Um, uh, what, what else? Other, I know you were pretty giddy, and I was also giddy about the, the battering. The battering, yeah. yeah. So little, little Freddy is a, I mean, he's, he's, he's little... I don't know. I guess probably like any of us would be given the opportunity in that world. Yeah. He's got a bunch of like memorabilia and collectibles. He's a fanboy. Uh, yeah. Articles talking about Superman, um, photos, an actual bullet that supposedly ricocheted off his chest. Um, but he's got one of Batman's batarangs. And there is a scene where that batarang gets thrown at the villain um, and it hurts him. And like stuff isn't supposed to hurt this guy. So I immediately got real excited and thought that like maybe the it's a it's a replica batarang and thought that maybe the company making these replica batarangs was like making them out of, I don't know, some metal that they found. My mind just started racing. I was yeah. thinking like, oh, maybe they found like some cheap metal somewhere and they were just making them out of that. And it turned out to be like nth metal or some magic metal yeah. or something. Yeah, that totally wasn't accurate. <laughs> it was it was a different story part. But I got really excited about that. I thought it was Batman. I'll be honest. I was like, oh, shit, is Batman going to be in this? Only because it just came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it. And then once it dropped, I was like, oh, it's the kid. So it was only like a half a second when I saw the battering hit him in the head and, it, and he was bleeding. Mm hmm. The villain was bleeding. I was like, oh, shit. And then when it hit the ground, remembered that it was uh, part of that kid's collection. So then my joy of thinking we would see Batman 
even though I knew better, I knew better. I you, knew. You sound like Ryan every time they mention uh, uh, Bruce Wayne on Arrow. You, you didn't. Then you're gonna do Batman. You're gonna do Batman. It's gonna be Batman. It was only a half a second. <laughs> only a half. You a didn't second. get on the mic and preach for Batman for a half hour of a show. No. <clears throat> other other than that, I mean, it's it's basic like character mythos or whatever. But yeah. I I liked the um, when he's first getting the powers from the wizard and he's. Uh, like wisdom of Solomon, strength of Hercules, blah, 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 whatever. That That is what the acronym Shazam is for. It's Solomon, Hercules, um, I think Achilles, yes, Zeus, that's what I heard, yeah. um, Apollo, M somebody. Medusa. That's probably not right, but we'll go with it. I was more impressed that you got all them without looking it up. I was watching you. Look uh, Mercury, speed of Mercury. There you go. So, yeah, that's all of them. Did it. Yeah. I did it, guys. That's awesome. I do. I did like that. I love the the connections to the gods, which is such a vital part of the. A lot of people don't realize that, like casual DC fans, like they're a big part of the of DC's mythology, DC's yeah. lore. So the fact that we were able to get them again or mention of these gods in this film, I felt ultimately created a consistency between this film and the other one they're keeping, which is Wonder Woman. Yeah, and I like that quite a bit. Because even though we're not getting those direct connections, they are maintaining the idea that this is the same world. Yeah. If if this exists here and here, I have no reason to think that these two things don't all exist side by side. Yeah. All right. Well, what about you, Bob? Spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is not in this movie as Black Adam in any form. But after looking up the little worm thing, because mm-hmm. I just looked it up too, uh, he is part of the monsters of uh, monster society of evil mm-hmm. with the worm. So who who the hell knows? But okay, I now, really expected the Rock to be in this as Black Adam. Well, there was rumors, right? Because originally they were going to do his movie first, right? Is, yes. is that okay? Yeah. Okay, and then they decided to do this film, and he is not a producer by credit, but his production company he is in there. His his ex wife Danny Garcia was one of the producers, which means that's his two dollar production company. Yeah. So that's interesting, which means we're probably going to see him soon, right? Is there any date set on his movie or at least his appearance? When they made the announcements of the next three years, Black Adam wasn't one of them. Right, yeah. I mean, they, the Batman, the Joker, you know, the emancipation of Harley Quinn, Wonder Woman 1984, I think yeah. it was about it. So he wasn't, he wasn't a in part there, of no. that. Okay. But, but he is Shazam's villain? Essentially, like in the comic books, is it's is it somebody? Yeah, he Black, f- Black Adam is. Uh, what did I say? Well, you just said he is. Oh, so Black Black Adam is a a known villain of Shazam's. Yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, I would I would venture that he is like Shazam's biggest villain. The most villain. most of the things that I have read that featured Black Adam weren't even Shazam stories. He's just a big enough character to be in other places. Interesting. And so I really expected that to to show up a little bit in this. So do you think Mr. Mind is going to be, is going to pick up the reins that Lex Luthor dropped after Batman Superman? Do you think he's going to collect some villains to form his little society? (laughs) That's going to be the Legion of Doom now story. Well, I mean, realistically, I was, I was joking seven seconds ago, but realistically now, uh, (laughs) 
with it's so hard. You, it's so you can hard. you can have the Black Adam movie. He's fucking the Rock, the Black Adam. So he's not going to get like you know killed or defeated or whatever. So you can have this worm approach him at the end and recruit him of that movie um, with shazam being shazam being like the new lead the other superman for dc's current like film universe if if that is the direction they wanted to take things they could have this little worm guy build a team and have shazam i mean he could either the worm's his- already more likable than jesse eisenberg <laughs> <laughs> that's so fucked up that's so fucked up. I mean, you can you can have Shazam recruit his little super friends that he made at the end, or go all out and have him pull like Wonder Woman and Aquaman. And if that's what they want to try again, give it a couple more movies and actually set stuff up. See if they can do it right this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's so weird to think. Yeah, you know, I I want to say The Rock has been cast as Black Adam at least 2012. I mean, it's been a while. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. I do remember hearing that news. That's why when you brought it up in the theater, I was like, wait, what? But then it became familiar because, or it was familiar because I remember hearing about it a long time ago and I didn't know it was still a part of the, their, their plans potentially. Yeah. And, and you know what? Maybe that's why his production company was listed because once you're a producer of a movie, even if you have no involvement moving forward, let's say you got fired, you will remain. It's in your contract. Right? Yeah. So maybe he's not it's, even going to ever show up, but it's it, no different than a uh, Kreisberg being on all the DC shows yeah. right now. Yeah. It's even a, though he it, touched people. Yeah, it's a union thing. So union supersedes anything else. Um. All right. So spoiler for me that I was disappointed in, but also happy is a, Again, this movie just made it gave me a lot of conflicted feelings. We did get Superman in it, and there was a lot of jokes and teasing about Superman and Batman and whether or not we're going to see them specifically Superman. And I will say this because I am a big Superman fan. I think I'm the only big Superman fan besides Brian Smith on this network. I did get happy because when he walked into the scene, they played the classic John Williams Superman song very briefly. It was probably two or three notes, but it gave me the the nerd chills that I want when I hear that song. So I did get happy about that. But they n- <laughs> okay. So he walks into frame. They they nerfed the shit out of the yes. cameo. He walks into frame, and I'm like, holy shit! This we're gonna get it. And the camera never pans up, so we don't see his face. And I felt like we were cheated because I and, and maybe other fans may be OK with it because they don't know any better. But as we know, we already know that there is yeah. a bunch of behind the scenes issues going on with contracts and whether or not there's a big question on whether or not uh, Henry Cavill will even return as Superman. And the thing that makes me even more angry that they didn't show his face is that that body was Henry Cavill. That yeah, was Henry I, Cavill. I was just going to say that if I didn't know any better, I'd be totally fine with it. But because I do, I'm livid. Yeah, they uh, literally shot. That was Henry Cavill walking in, but there, they cut his face out. Yeah, there were face shots and there were lines that should have gone along with that scene. And they cut all of that out. And that's how the movie ends. Yeah. Right when they're about to go to Superman, boom, credit sequence. They cut it all just because he isn't contracted to be the character anymore. Yeah. So I'm conflicted because, yes, it it made me happy and also showed us that all these things are, again, not directly connected, but it's connected. It is the same world. They're not trying to pretend that those movies didn't happen, but it just made me a little sad. I was like, eh, that's too bad. 
even my son who went with us to the screening was a little bummed. He's like, how come he didn't show his face? Because he really liked Superman a lot. Mm hmm. And he was disappointed. And I told him, I said, well, there's issues with whether or not he's going to be in these movies anymore. And he got angry. He said, what have they got to do that? He still had a mustache and they didn't want to spend the budget <laughs> to edit it out. What if that's what it really was? They just cut his head. Like, God damn it, Cavill. Get rid of that mustache already. Your fucking movie's up. <laughs> like, wouldn't it be easier to get a Merkin for his upper lip? A Merkin? I mean, if they make him look so good in Game of Thrones, right? I mean, Honest, that's a whole different thing. But honestly, yeah, he should have just had a whole beard in that movie. They shouldn't have gotten rid of the mustache. They yeah. should have just added to it. All right. Well, we are at the end of our review. I'm hoping this movie does well, even if even though it's not my cup of tea, I did enjoy it, as I said. But I do want this movie to do well at the box office, because if it does well, that means more D.C., and ultimately, that's what all of us want in the studios. More DC films, right? Yeah. I mean, when you're getting Marvel, four Marvel films a year, and you're getting one DC film a year, I mean, come on. We should at least get two. Make make money. Be profitable. Be popular. Yeah. Don't make any more movies like this, though. Oh. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. That's fair, though. Because for th- this movie works this, this movie works for what it is, for, for the character, what for is. everything, for the origin, too, yes. because I also, you know, for the inevitable sequel, a lot of the stuff that flew in this movie, I feel like won't work out as well a second time. You have to approach it differently. Yes, absolutely. All right. I want to thank everybody for listening. Please find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Just search DC on RMD or Critique Revolve. Add us to your favorites, leave us reviews, and share, like, and comment on post. Let us know how you feel and your thoughts on the movie as well. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. And good night. Are you for real? Say okay! Shazam! 